Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Adam Cole makes his in-ring return. Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson and the Blackpool Combat Club make their full heel turn. We have your WrestleMania predictions, your stand and deliver predictions, and your Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor predictions. That and not a whole lot more, but tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Yachty Year Brolina. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have Two Beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on, Two Beer? <laughs> Yachty Year Brolina. Oh, man. It's opening uh, day, you know. It is. Yeah, it's a holiday. Um, you know, last uh, episode we had episode 300. Uh, reminiscing, and uh, now we're back to just uh, me and Bill, uh, which is just like episode one. So, yes, exactly uh, where we were three hundred, three hundred episodes ago. Just the, just the, you know, the, the two guys, just how it was always supposed to be, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, also uh, in wrestling history today, uh, Chris Jericho uh, put out his uh, Man of a Thousand and Four Holds. So. In honor of that, uh, I would just like to use the AKA today of the uh, man of a thousand and four cum jokes. <laughs> we are coming at you. I am coming at you from Wendy. It's getting feels like it's getting ready to storm St. Charles, Missouri. JCB, as is his want, uh, which always happens on the oh, opening day, is usually on a Thursday, and we do the podcast on the Thursday, and it's usually the Thursday right before WrestleMania. So JCB, it's not the first WrestleMania prediction show that he has missed but listen a man's got to have a code and jcb goes to opening day with his friends every opening day and i respect the hell of it i respect the hell out of it and personally i'm a little sick of the guy so it's just uh you know <laughs> just the adults talking um before we get too far Thanks into for the invite <laughs> Before we get too far into it, I do, uh, you know, it's, I, I was talking to Zach before this, a very dear friend of mine uh, passed away this week, uh, last Saturday, his name was Jack Stevens, uh, we played in bands together, we bartended together for a very long time, uh, I also played a lot of softball with him, Jason played a lot of softball with him, he was friends with Jason too, so... I don't want to get too bogged down in that because this is supposed to be an escape from things like that, and it's certainly going to be an escape for me because the last four days have been shitty. But I will just remind you, hug your loved ones. Don't be afraid to tell them that you loved them. I told Jack that I loved him all the time, and he said the same thing back to me. So I feel pretty good about that. Not a whole lot of regrets except that he's no longer with us. And um, if you don't love somebody, just don't tell them. <laughs> How was that? Was that was that very moving for you? Do you got a tear? It was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. So it's an unorthodox show today. We are going to do a lot of WWE main roster stuff. Obviously, a little bit later. So I'm going to say, Zach, what's the one count? Uh, one count. We can go ahead and start with uh, 
AW Dynamite. It was actually in St. Louis. I imagine some of the folks who were listening, uh, some of our local friends went. Um, I don't have social media, so or I have it. I don't get on it anymore. So I did not hop on to see which of my friends attended, but I'm sure some of them did. Oh yeah, there was a there was there was a. People that are on the Friends of BFR page, and there there were a lot of people there. I'll be honest, um, I wasn't able to go. I watched it on television, and I saw the stuff on social media. It looked kind of empty, um, but maybe we can get some confirmation on that. Maybe I'm just completely misreading it. But, yeah, it was in St. Louis. Yeah, it was at Chaffetz, and it was my alma mater, so I would have liked to have attended. I was supposed to go to AEW Dynamite, and then the pandemic hit. Uh, so it's and then I moved out here, and they came out here, but they didn't bring Dynamite. They brought Battle of the Belt, and uh, I didn't want to pay for that shit. So, uh, anyway, maybe one day I'll get to go to a Dynamite. But uh, this was at Chaffetz Green in St. Louis. Pretty good crowd. I don't know about the attendance, but um, St. Louis, they seem to... Uh, be giving it their all as far as uh, they were certainly into it. Yes. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find my notes for uh, how we open. All right, so we open with Terry uh, defeating Matt Hardy. This is pretty standard match. Uh, nothing to really write home about, but uh, the main kind of point of this was to get Jack Perry a win and. So the MJF could come out and take it to a little uh, little promo battle. So uh, at least the city of St. Louis got to see uh, a pretty good MJF promo. Uh, this is one that will get uh, lost in the annals of history. It's just a very good promo, uh, but just because it was not transcendent, uh, this is just like a typical kind of uh, MJF. Basically, it comes out. Uh, they do a little back and forth uh, MJF. You know, kind of puts Jungle Boy over. Uh, it seems like they're gunning towards a four-way uh, for double or nothing because they, you know, basically last time uh, it was MJF and Darby Allen, you know, kind of going at it after they did that Four Pillars promo, and now they're putting a little spotlight on Jack Perry. Uh, but, you know, MJF putting Jack Perry over, you know, talking about their match they had in 2019 or 2020, and, uh, you know, basically saying that up until that point, he had never felt like he met his equal in the ring. And I uh, tried to give him some advice, some sage advice, which is basically that uh, nice guy, um, you know, big surprise coming from MJF. But, um, you know, this was, uh, this was pretty fun. But uh, do you think that they're going for this four-way? Is that, is that what you're, you're thinking as far as pay-per-view match for MJF? Shit, yeah, uh, that's what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking next next week, Sammy Guevara is probably going to have the first match, and then MJ is going to come out and cut a promo on him, and then I'm thinking Darby Allen the week after that. Listen, formulaic, formulaic is not terrible. Uh, this is this is actually not something that we really were seen before. If they're gunning towards a four way to do it this way, like brick by brick. Um, I really like the MJF promo. Like you said, he did a great job of uh, putting Jungle Boy over. Jungle Boy did a great job of establishing his character and why he is different than MJF. And he's like, I'm going to do it my way. You can do it your way. And if it takes me a little bit longer, if it's a little bit harder for me, that's fine because I'm doing it my way. 
uh, MJF eventually goes for the cheap shot, uh, talking about how you know he's got a little dick or whatever. Or he talked about his girlfriend Anna J, and then Jungle Boy eventually attacks him, and MJF runs off like the shit heel. Booking one on one, totally fine with it. Uh, I will say that this was a really long segment. Like when I was, it was. When I was watching it, I was like, has there been a commercial? Is this a 30-minute segment? I, not, I was working while I was watching it, but it was like, man, it seems like this is really, really long because I don't think they had a commercial during the match, or maybe they did, and I just don't remember it. But um, I, I was totally down with it. It's completely fine with me as long as the undercard is interesting and booked well and that has never been a problem with AEW certainly after some things that happened later on in the night that I was uh, that we'll get to later that I'm a real big fan of but yeah I was totally cool with it yeah it, it seems like a little bit of a risk maybe as far as um, I guess maybe not a risk uh, maybe a little bit too strong usually pay-per-views are sold by like a big match, right? Um, and usually it's the main event. Usually it's the world title. Um, you know, if we look at the build to WrestleMania, right? It's but even though Sami Zayn's like the hottest character in WWE, uh, the build to WrestleMania, the people are watching for Roman versus Cody. That's like the main attraction. So um, unless they're going to pull something else out, um, it seems like there's going to be this double or nothing is going to be built around quite a few multi man matches which is interesting so uh, which i think is fine for AEW because i feel like people buy AEW pay-per-views because they know they're going to get a good value for the 50 bucks yeah and even with the with the last you know i'm really bad at this what was the last one uh full gear revolution oh yeah that's right revolution um you know like we weren't the we weren't the biggest fans of that build and that ended up being you know a fucking yeah Yeah, it was unbelievable. So AEW's kind of a mixed bag on one or the other. They've really never had a shitty pay-per-view. They've had some substandard builds for matches on pay-per-views, but I don't know. I I trust them, and I I trust those four guys to be able to have a pretty great match. So I'm I'm not concerned with it. I, I, I am a little concerned with the... Unless I was totally misreading the pictures that I saw, I am a little concerned with the attendance. Like that—that's a little concerning to me. But uh, you know, I think Jason went to it. Maybe Jason can shed a little bit of light on that next week. But yeah, I'm not worried. Yeah, I do I'm not worried that about that match. Just from uh, reading the Observer every week, they aren't drawing. You know, like they were last year. They weren't. They're, they aren't drawing like they were with Punk and whenever like Danielson and and Cole were, like, fresh and new. Um, you know, they're just they're just not a ton of a product. Um, whereas, like, WWE, I just saw, like, in the Observer, they drew, uh, like, 10,000 people to a house show in Denver. Um, and that was without, like, major stars on it, uh, just because they're a super hot product right now. So uh, pretty bonkers uh, to see that paradigm shift. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, they just aren't aren't as hot. Chaffetz isn't even a huge arena. I mean, I graduated in that building, so. Um, I think it's like I, I think it's like eight thousand. Yeah, something like that. All right, so moving on. Uh, Alex Marvez backstage with Don Callis. Um, one of a couple Don Callis segments here that I really enjoyed, but uh, 
basically, you know, uh, why, uh, you know, from the, sorry, I'm stumbling over my, uh, my words, basically last week, whenever he pratfalled and, uh, ended up, you know, kind of doing the Eddie Guerrero thing and, and making Omega think that, uh, that Paige hit him and, uh, you know, Omega's getting taped up and he's like, why would you think that, uh, John Callis has split it up before? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I think I even said last week, I was like, doesn't he know that Kenny Omega is going to watch the show? And then they immediately addressed it, which I was pretty happy with. Yeah. So in case babe, this was, this was good shit because, uh, it made Omega not be a complete goddamn idiot. Um, and they added the reality into it. But anyway, this leads into something later on the night, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, then there was a very fun, uh, video package of, uh, Bill Beggy's favorite Canadian tag team, Matt Menard and Angela Parker, along with the acclaimed and Daddy Ass. They were out for a little night on the town at St. Louis. Looked like they were at Union Station. Uh, they were at, um, is it, what, what's it called now? Is it, it used to be Savas or is it Savas? Enterprise, where the Blues play. Yeah. Uh, they were hanging out. I guess it's Enterprise now, yeah. Yeah, they were hanging out with Louis Blues. Um, yeah, they were having dinner somewhere. Looked like maybe Union Station. I don't know where they were. Where they were having dinner, I tried to gauge the restaurant, but um, I tried to yeah, too. I, could, I couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, that was like my number one thing. I'm like, oh, like trying to figure out the restaurant. But um, anyway, they had dinner. Looks like they're trying to get the acclaim to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. So that is the play there. But it was kind of cool to do the thing in the city, and maybe I just thought it was cool because it was St. Louis, and it was the city I was born and raised in. But uh, I think kind of tying things to the city. Is fun. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, this wasn't my favorite segment just because we all know where this is going. I mean, they claim they're not going to join Jericho Appreciation Society, but they got him on the show. Uh, it's it's furthering a story, and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to see where it goes. I mean, it's undercard tag team stuff, so at least they're putting time into it, which I'm fine with, even though it's not – it didn't really move my needle. Yeah. Uh, then we had uh, just an absolute slaughter with a high school combat club defeating Dalton Castle and the boys. Just um, absolutely destroyed them, as you would imagine. Uh, video package with Kenny Omega and Jeff Cobb, where they even showed like uh, some New Japan promo from Kenny Omega. So Jeff Cobb saying, you know, he was coming to St. Louis, which is funny. We've seen Jeff Cobb wrestle in St. Louis. We've seen him wrestle at uh, the the Knights of Columbus Hall, uh, where I had my wedding reception uh, in front of, like, uh, you know, maybe 150 people. That was the last time we saw Cobb. Uh, the wedding reception had 150 people? Wire. No, the, the wrestling show. The, the reception was, was actually bigger than the, the wrestling show. <laughs> so I drew more. Bro. Yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, you know, I guess my invite got lost in the mail. So. What year yeah. was that? Aaron Pry- uh, it was 2007. Aaron probably brought some other dude. So. <laughs> oh, I think I know exactly who she brought if it was 2007. Douche. <laughs> uh, so then we have the second uh, Don Callis uh, backstage promo. This was actually pretty awesome. So Alex Barvez is talking to the Hangman Page. Uh, so Matt Jackson has a, has a shoot injury. He's got a partially torn bicep. Word on the street. If he is 
foregoing surgery and hoping that it will heal. Because if you do the surgery, you're out for X number of months. But if you don't do the surgery, there's a chance that you can heal on your own. Uh, and then, worst case scenario, you just end up with the, if you don't heal, you just have to get the surgery anyway. So he's okay. open to, to Hold heal on. up. So I'm not a doctor, but how does a torn bicep how is a torn bicep with a surgery going to put Matt Jackson out for that long? But I saw Phoenix's arm bend the wrong way on a table spot outside of the ring, and he was back like three weeks later. <laughs> I think that one was just like a dislocation where it was like an out and in thing. I don't know that it had a lot of muscle damage or anything. <laughs> it, just, it, it looked awful. It looked it was this is like the worst thing I've seen since Psycho Sid broke his leg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was back like a month later. But yeah, uh, from what I've gathered with those like tears and stuff, if it's under a certain percentage, you can opt to uh, attempt to, to heal on your own. They recommend just the healing instead of them reconnecting. Uh, but uh, and this has been BFR. This has been BFR's medical corner. Yeah, <laughs> WebMD. Um, anyway, um, Nick has a. A work injury, though. They're saying that he has a separated shoulder. So Paige is saying he's got a separated shoulder. Matt, Matt's got a short bicep. And uh, my folks basically asking him, you know, who attacked him? And he's like, oh, it's obviously it's DCC by Full Combat Club. And um, Don Callis comes in. He had told Kenny Omega he was going to make everything right. So he goes to shake uh, Adam Page's hand after explaining the situation. And Adam Page is incredulous, but it looks like he's going to shake his hand. And my uh, full combat club come in and just start beating the shit out of Paige. And Don Collis just continues to hold his hand up like a goddamn robot. Um, like he's just like stunned uh, that those guys came in and started beating him. And then uh, Moxley turns around and just clocks uh, Don Callis. And he gets knocked off camera and apparently he hit his head on a lighting rig and fucking hard weighed himself. And so he's just pouring blood. Yeah, which only added to the greatness of the segment. Uh, I mean, it was fortuitous juice. But, uh, yeah, apparently he got hard waved. Thankfully, uh, right there at my alma mater is one of the best uh, hospitals in the entire city. Which St. Louis is a city of pretty good hospitals as far as uh, per capita. We get quite a few of them. Uh, but one of them was like two minutes away. And so uh, he had to have a bunch of staples or stitches or whatever to said. But uh, he was in a good place to do it. Yeah, I was a big uh, big fan of everything here. Yeah, pretty fun. Uh, anyway, uh, and then this was this was kind of funny. Like Tony Schiavone actually gets his gets his civic duty to tell Kenny Omega right before his title match that Don Callis has been taken up, you know, along with Hangman Page, uh, and Omega's like, you know, I got a I got a title match. He's just got to go out there, which you know, Tony's like, all right, you know, I just had to do it. It was the right thing to do with my job. And I'm like, that's actually kind of a dick move in kayfabe. Like, yeah. that's going to go out there and wrestle. I mean, Shivani trying to kayfabe his way through the explanation during the match was really funny. In fact, they're kind of doing this thing, and maybe they've been doing it for a while and I haven't noticed it. Taz and Excalibur are not nice to Shivani. <laughs> no. They're pretty mean uh, to him, yeah. actually. It's really funny. It is really funny because you know that it's just complete. They they they're like working in that regard. Uh, yeah. It's a good booth. Like it's like good vibes. Um, 
That's, I mean, that's a great three-man booth. And, uh, incredible. Good, an incre- good, and, good chemistry. Legitimately incredible three-man booth. Like, maybe the best we've ever seen. It really could be. And um, the international feed, like the Fight TV feed, you get a lot more of it because during the commercial break, they continue to do commentary. And a lot of times they say shit on that international feed that they would not say on TV or TNT, which is pretty funny. I mean, that's the one that I watch – um, if I miss it live. So, yeah, I, I I actually had this thought today. I was like, you think they do this on WWE too? Do you think they just keep going during the commercial breaks so they don't, so they just stay consistent so they don't fuck up when it comes back on? But, like, there's probably no way, right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I imagine whenever Vince was in Gorilla, those two and a half minutes was just him constantly screaming into the headset while... They sat in silence. Suck my dick. Pay her $3 million. <laughs> Try to hide it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. People like screaming at somebody to go get the... I don't know. I'm not even going to go there. Uh, <laughs> oh, too much for Zach. Uh, what do you think about the Cobb-Omega match? This is a This is a match that... You could easily see on a on a G one from several years ago, or a New Japan event from several several years ago. It's, I mean, this is these are two New Japan guys. I associate them both with New Japan now because I've seen them both the most. Excuse me, in New Japan. Uh, what do you think about the match? Oh, just another example of why Omega is just one of the greatest. I mean, fantastic match last week with Vikingo and then he worked another fantastic match with Cobb here completely different matches but he manages to like continue the story he's like you know selling the ribs uh, that he was selling from the Vikingo match so he's like carrying over the story of the Vikingo match he's selling the ribs um they just put on a fantastic match. Uh, I mean, Jeff Cobb is a, is a great wrestler, too. He's very dynamic. There aren't a lot of people like him. There aren't a lot of people built like him, and the ones that are are not nearly as athletic as he is. And uh, he's just really good in the ring. And these guys just put on an absolutely killer match. Uh, the fact that Kenny was able to get him up in the one-wing angel. Uh, Unbelievable. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, but of course, uh, once you have the one wing angel, nobody kicks out, so he retains the title. And cool to see the U.S. title being defended on AEW television. Absolutely, and I liked how they kept saying how Jeff Cobb might take it back through the Forbidden Door. It's like, okay, so that's on the table, and uh, it was certainly you know with the storyline stuff that was going on, there was a little bit of intrigue to this match. It's like, okay, so if Blackpool Combat Club's running roughshod, and Don Callis is doing Don Callis stuff, which we really don't know whose side he's on. Um, maybe you do. I don't. I I still think he. I I still think that we're leading towards a Don Callis Kenny Omega split, and maybe Don Callis is playing some stuff up. But to me, there was a little bit of intrigue. I was like, oh, I could see Jeff Cobb winning this, and Jeff Cobb is certainly a worthy. He would be a worthy carrier of that belt. So I was into this match. The one wing angel, for a guy Kenny's size, to do that to Jeff Cobb, like not really with a whole lot of help. You know, sometimes sometimes they can do it from like the top turnbuckle or something, but Kenny picked him up, 
basically from the ground, if I'm remembering it correctly. Yeah. And got that motherfucker up on top and did the one wing, like a perfect one winged angel. And it, you just kind of have to marvel. I mean, Kenny Omega might weigh 200 pounds, but, you know, what do you think? 190, 200? I don't know. I think uh, I think he's put on some muscle. I think he's probably like two fifteen, two twenty maybe. But Jeff Cobb could be three hundred. Yeah, I'd say he's like two eighty, two ninety, easy. I mean, just to basically deadlift that motherfucker over your uh, like into a fireman's carry, basically, and then do the one winged angel. Uh, it was badass. I was like I said, I was watching it at my desk, and I kind of marked out for it i was like oh fuck yeah i was like come on dude here we go it was badass yeah i think uh i think we're actually you know after last week you know talking about callus and, and kenny but i could absolutely see especially with the segments that they had this week where the callus would be turning on omega you know just because he's such a carny and i could see him with the Blackpool Combat Club, actually. Or which Keshda, or if there's a Jay White coming around the corner, something like that. Like, Honestly, like with Takeshita in the Blackpool Combat Club, imagine like if Takeshita joined, um, he'd be like, that'd be an even stronger stable. Like, that'd be, that'd be nuts. But uh, I do think it's funny, the whole thing with Blackpool Combat Club is you can't join until you bleed with them. Well, Don Callis just bled with them because Moxley hard oh. him. So if they turn that into an angle, that would be pretty cool. Oh, that's... I hadn't thought of that. Uh, what happened after the match here? Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, Blackpool Combat Club comes out, starts beating for the boost to Omega. Uh, Brian Danielson's music hits. And he comes out, basically, uh, the shtick was to kind of tell the Blackpool Combat Club to chill out and, like, stand down. Wasn't really his uh, music, though. It wasn't, it wasn't Fly the Valkyries, though. No, he had different music. Yeah, and that was my... It was still kind of, it was still kind of similar. Yeah, but that was my, when he came out, nobody knew who it was. And then it was Brian Danielson... I was like, ass, ah, you know, something's off here. He's he didn't like. I don't know. Like my spidey senses went off. I was like, oh, he came out to different music. I don't think that's because he's returning. I think that's because. I, I think that this is all a ruse. Like I never bought it for a second. I I I knew that he was turning on Kenny Omega. Yeah, I didn't buy it either. Um, and the fans were pretty pretty clued in. I I don't think they bought it either. And uh, they went from the yes chance to the no chance pretty quickly. So yeah, smart crowd here in St. Good, Louis. Good on you, St. Louis. I do uh, want to say that they, I saw I saw some motherfuckers in the crowd clapping really loud, like after Brian turned heel, Brian Danielson turned heel, and I just want to remind those people that you're supposed to boo the heels, like you're part of it. You're part of yeah. the, you're part of the show. Boo the heels. Listen, do whatever you want. You bought a ticket, but if you don't want to be a douche. Boo the heels. BTH, boo the heels. That's right. Uh, I will say I was guilty of a similar moment because I was at the SmackDown when Danielson turned heel and won, beat AJ Styles for the title right before his amazing uh, 
the champion of the planet gimmick. And I was doing the yes chant as he kicked <laughs> AJ in the balls. Uh, just because people were so excited to see uh, things happen, you know, whether it's heel turns or title changes or both. Uh, you get caught up in the moment. So well, listen, I give you a little forgiveness. Listen, you, I mean, you bought your ticket, but, you know, we would call that absolute fucking bullshit. Unprofessional bullshit. Did you have dice in your pocket you- also? Would <laughs> <laughs> you just leave it the fuck alone? Um, so I've never fought for anything in my life. <laughs> I will fight for this hat. <laughs> Brian, so Brian Danielson comes in. Uh, Blackpool Comic Club kind of backs off, and then Omega turns around, and Brian Danielson gets ready for the what they call the psycho knee in AEW, and the crowd is. Like we said, God bless St. Louis. They were very smart. They saw it right away. And uh, the psycho knee was really good. And if we are headed towards a Brian Danielson-Kenny Omega feud, bro, bro, count yeah. me fucking in. That is. I think everybody would love that. Yeah, I mean, that is what we're here for, right? That's like a dream feud. We want to see those guys get 30 minutes at a pay-per-view, right? Have they Yeah, ever- and I'm wondering if they're leaning towards that with the with the double or nothing or if they're leaning towards an elite versus Blackpool Combat Club uh, trios match. Well, I mean they could do they could do both. There's no way they're going to do a feud between those two factions and not do Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega, right? I mean, that's – like, Tony Khan is a fan. He's a mark. He's just like us. Like, that is – that's what we're that's what we're aiming for, right? Yeah, I mean, they did the, you know, the 30-minute, like, draw. Right. In, and then they haven't, they haven't, like, been – they haven't done anything since. So, you know that um, – they got to bring that back. I mean, you don't have guys on the roster like that and just keep them apart forever. Like, that's a money match. So, we right. got to do it. And the truth is that I'd, I'd like to see Omega versus Claudio also. I'd like to see Omega versus Ambro or Moxley also. Like, I'd like to see all those matches. But yeah. we're talking about maybe pound for pound the two best wrestlers in the entire fucking world at least two out of the five best wrestlers in the entire world right i mean that's not i don't think that's out of pocket to say that right not even yeah you're 100 percent accurate i mean you got okada you got those two you know you got my boy vikingo uh you got will osprey <laughs> like i mean it's it's only a handful of guys I, it's it's well documented on here that Brian Danielson is my number one guy, but yeah, let's fucking see it. Yeah, Sykes I feel for- like top five. It's uh, it's it's Okada, Osprey, Omega, Danielson, and uh, Shingo. Inside my top five. Yeah, I love that. I love that list. Um, I was really happy to see Brian Danielson flip heel because. As great as Brian Danielson is as a babyface, I love heel Brian Danielson. Like, love it. I uh, I love it more than babyface Brian Danielson. Where are you at if you had to choose between the two? I, I mean, it's a stupid question. I know what you're going to say. It's definitely heel. 
Yeah. He's just so good the at fact, it. He's really good at it. He's and just so, he's so good at everything. <laughs> his his champion of the planet gimmick, where he basically made himself a heel by being a environmentally conscious human being. Yes. <laughs> and wore a. I mean, and the belt was like hemp or something, right? Yeah, he made it out of hemp. Uh, <laughs> just perfect. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. I remember going to. I think it was Royal Rumble when. He was the heel champion in the steel cage match with Mark Henry and Big Show, and it was my favorite match of the night. Like, it was just unbelievable. Both of those guys were baby faces, and Brian Danielson was the heel, and he managed to have the entire place booing the shit out of him. Like, he's just, he's next level. I mean, he's on, you know, Jason always talks about Mount Rushmore. Like, he's, you got to start putting him on your Mount Rushmore. Like, you got to start kicking guys like The Rock off of your Mount Rushmore if you like, he's been around, he's been in our lives. If you've been watching wrestling since 2009, which is when I got back into it, we're talking 14 years of a guy who has just been at the top, top, top level of everything. Yeah. Uh, that's hilarious. You mentioned that match. I've never seen that match, but the fact that he was the heel and then there was two huge guys, baby faces. <laughs> that's a, a fun dynamic in a steel cage. And he managed. Oh, he, I mean, he he managed to have, and I I think, I think he won by climbing out of the cage too. Like it was just so annoying. Everybody was so mad at him. <laughs> like it was so good. <laughs> Only guy to ever get a good match out of the fiend. I think that puts him on the Rushmore alone. Right. All right. So uh, video package FTR uh, challenging the guns. Uh, we've got. Uh, that match is next week, so it's the AEW Tag Team Title match. If FTR loses, they will leave AEW. So um, I am fine with either thing. <laughs> um, I don't even have social media, and and Zach Carwood is annoying to me. Uh, but uh, they are a fantastic tag team, and honestly, I really don't want to see them anywhere else unless like New Japan or something. So okay, so I mean. I have social media, but uh, I've told you before that I generally try to stay off wrestling Twitter because somehow wrestling Twitter seems to be more toxic than just regular Twitter. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just I'm annoyed by it. It's like I'm always like, man, everybody should just be enjoying this stuff. Instead, everybody's just trying to one-up each other on how much they know about it or like what people don't remember. It's like, okay, so I don't – I don't care if you remember some Matt Taven match from 2008 that I don't remember. It's like, <laughs> I, 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 it's just, it's so weird. It, it's just, it doesn't make me feel good. You know, it makes me feel good watching wrestling, talking about wrestling with my friends. So, um, I don't even know what Dax Harwood has done, but the guns made a lot of references to them just bitching about it and getting their title shot match. I, is that a, is that a shoot? Is that a work? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like uh, Darby's uh, Darby's comment about, uh, you know, you know, what am I going to do if I don't get a title shot? Or I'll probably just complain about it on Twitter. Like that seemed like a veiled, uh, you know, hit, uh, like shoot mark on the deck. He just complains about fucking everything. He's like, he's like an even whinier CM Punk. It's no wonder they get along so good. Oh man, that is a, that is quite the indictment. Did you see the shit that Ronda Rousey said on Instagram? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's another one, man. Although she's just a shit person in general. Like sometimes, like 
social media amplifies like you know uh it'll like there's like there's like a genuinely like good person that you would like get along with normally and then like their social media persona uh even though they they just think it's like them um it just makes them very unlikable yeah. um i think ronda rousey is just unlikable and that's just amplified like uh by that uh that might not be uh, that seemed like a veiled shot was that a veiled shot at samir masalam <laughs> not at all uh samir, oh. oh that's like, weird that that's where my head went funny. samir is the the ken m of uh friends of bfr I just said that to say, hey, Samir, come find me. <laughs> Samir is great. And uh, I love his uh, social media because uh, about 80% of the time I know what he's talking about and it's funny, and the other 20% I have no fucking clue, but it's still funny. Um, so, anyway, uh, what were, what were, what were we were talking about, yeah, FTR. Um, we were talking about how big, of a shit, how big of a piece of shit Samir Masalam is. I don't know. I don't know why what I'm doing this. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> Just be the dickhead. Love you, Samir. Uh, do you think they're gonna? Do you think they're gonna win the titles, or do you think they're gonna go to ROH or WWE, or what do you think they're gonna do? No, I think they're gonna win the titles. I think so too. You don't think so? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so. I like. There's. <sighs> What more can the guns do with it? Nothing. They're, yeah, nothing. They're they're not a very compelling tag team. Their their characters are just shithead daddy's boys, you know, nepo babies, which I'm sure there's a place for. But if you want to, like, listen, listen the AEW tag team division for a long time was the highest level, and I mean, having the guns have it. I mean, really brings it down. Really brings it down. So if we're trying to elevate it again, and if we're trying to get other people over, I wouldn't mind seeing FTR versus the Acclaimed again. You know, I wouldn't mind. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing FTR versus Jungle Boy and Hook. And that's me talking as somebody that's not a really big fan of those, of that tag team. But every 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 other option is more interesting than the guns. Yeah, I mean... The guns having the tag team titles in AEW is like there's like this five star fantastic restaurant and the kitchen just like implodes from within and then it ends up like the only person with seniority is like the dishwasher, so he ends up being like the executive chef and it's just like complete garbage. And that's kinda of what it's like for the guns having those tag team belts because it was a fantastic division full of just absolute quality and now um yeah, it's lesser than with them at, at the helm, and it's not their fault in particular. They're they're still young, and maybe they'll get there. But right, and they were put now into they're a, just the stone they, dishwasher trying to put out a five course meal. They were put into a spot that they probably weren't ready for, and they've done fine with it. But I mean, we're, we're in the big leagues now. I mean, we have we have teams that are actually over. We have teams that we have the lucha brothers i mean fuck we have aussie open that could come in at any time and they could heat up at any time and put on five-star classics with ftr you know like there are things that can be yeah. done with the tag division that just aren't being done with the guns there so god bless them uh you know 
They did they did everything they could, and maybe I'm sure they'll be back. It's they didn't drop the ball. I'm not, I'm not saying they did a terrible job. It's just they're not over. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not their fault. Like there's just um, them. Like they're just kind of like playful at camps. And good on them for getting those belts. Like I mean, and showing putting the work in and and you know Tony let them you know hold them for a minute. That's cool. They're just but they're not they're not due for a lengthy reign because. They're just not hot. You got to put it on a hotter team. Yeah, maybe Jamie uh, Noble has maybe Jamie Noble has twin sons that can come up and win the next one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Orange Cassidy defeated the Butcher with the Blade, winning the AW International Title. Almost called it the uh, All Atlantic Title. Sure, which was a cooler name, even though it didn't make any sense. But um, I gotta admit, I agree with you. I thought All Atlantic was a cooler, cooler title too. Yeah, even though it was like not necessarily geographically accurate, but oh well. Uh, this was a fine match. You know, Orange Cassidy, he's, he's on like every single week. You know, wrestling. You know, he's super over. Uh, happy for the St. Louis crowd to to uh, get to see him wrestle. Uh, that would have been pretty fun. But, uh, yeah, he retained. Um, Jim Cargill video package. Man, just, he's all, I thought he was like one-piece suit. She is just an absolute specimen. Uh, anyway, she's super mad at Tara Valkyrie. And funny thing I heard, so they, they shot Mustafa R.O.H., they shot Rampage. And I guess uh, Ty Valkyrie uh, wrestled Tootie Lynn. Um, and Tootie was super over. In, which is not a surprise because been any show in any 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 show in St. Louis, Judy is super over. But I guess like she was one of the most over people in the building. Oh, that's uh, great. For, yeah, for Dynamite or or uh, Rampage or anything. So uh, for those of you that don't pretty, know, pretty she fun. is. For those of you that don't know, she is a uh, local St. Louis wrestler that. Uh, friend of the show, Joey O'Farrell has booked at several shows, and she's she's really fun. So good for her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Juice Robinson's going to wrestle Action Andretti this Friday on Rampage. Um, just kind of like going to roll over him on his way to Ricky Starks. New um, had Ruby Soho, and she was uh, out there with Soraya and Tony Storm, and she defeated Willow Nightingale. Um, I don't know. This was a Bullet Club match. Uh, it was just like constant. It was not even Bullet Club. It was like House of Torture basically. Um, and I felt bad for Willow Nightingale. Uh, I feel like Willow Nightingale really kind of needs a win. I've been talking about this for a while. Um, you know, her losing um, to, you know, it's like, it's whatever. It's like the, the like losing on a week-to-week basis, um, you know, it's not like the worst thing in the world, but the, the fans are behind her organically. It's the same thing with Takeshi. The fans are behind them. Let them win more than they lose uh, instead of the other way around. I feel like they're always losing. So uh, Willow Nightingale loses again here. And um, they go, you know, they're they're stomping on her, you know, like the House of Torture uh, wants to do. And then Rio comes out to make the save uh, with Sky Blue. They, you know, throw Blue out. They're beating up Rio. And then Jamie Hader makes the save. And uh, Jamie Hader, Jamie Hader got a big pop. St. Louis really likes Jamie Hader, so um, 
And it looks like uh, Hater and Riho are going to um, wrestle for the title. So basically, Rio just saying, you know, she points at her like midsection and does the whole belt sign. She's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have uh, that belt, um, which Rio is great. I don't think she will though. Yeah, this entire thing just confused me. I was like, what is going on here? Uh, lots of lots of interference. I think I know who is on everybody's side, but I gotta be honest here, and I don't think this makes me a misogynist, but you know, maybe it does. I don't care about this shit at all. I think if it was like Tony Storm versus... Jamie Hader for the belt or something or Ruby Soho versus Jamie Hader for the belt. I like I would probably be all about it. Well, maybe not. But like tell me a, tell me a story though. Like do something. I like it's just too much. It's trying to get everybody on the card having Riho and Sky Blue and Tony Storm and Jamie Hader come out. It's like it's just it's just too much. It's the it's the WCWification of AEW, and this has been a constant bitch of mine for where we we're going on four years now. So I don't want to I don't want to beat a dead horse. It's just I I don't know. I got nothing to say. No, it um it's not good. So just ain't good. No, it's not, not good. Compelling. Uh, video package of Powerhouse Hobbs, um, you know, putting him on TV, even though he didn't have a match. Fine, TNT champ. And then we had uh, Adam Cole beating Daniel Garcia. So, uh, Adam Cole, first time back in the ring for, you know, after, what, nine months. And uh, they told a nice story here, you know, uh, pretty early on, Garcia hits him with a pile driver, and they're all kind of freaking out. And Adam Cole rolls out to the outside immediately, so... Really good selling, uh, you know, basically. Uh, these guys are both excellent in the ring, so I knew that they were going to have a good match. But, um, yeah, fun story that they told, uh, really playing off the sympathy of the concussion and our empathy and admiration of Adam Cole. So, good job there. But uh, Cole hits Panama Sunrise, does the boom, gets the win, and uh, – Rip Baker comes out and they hug and they kiss and then the confetti comes off. So kind of cool because, you know, it's one thing for him to come back and, and get a win, but this kind of felt like an event, right? Like a, like a celebration. Uh, and I tell you what, man, I've listened to some interviews with Adam Cole and I've, I've seen him like on Twitch and stuff. And this guy is just absolute salt of the fucking earth. Like just usually, you know, you see like guys with like, hot girlfriends and you're like, oh man, like look at uh look at look at it. You, you, get, you get jealous and like, oh you got you know, good looking guys, got money, you know, living his dreams, got this hot girlfriend, like uh I'm jealous of Britt Baker. That's right. She gets to live with Adam Cole. That's right. That's right. Too too good for this world. Few things so, few things about this match. Um Daniel Garcia is, seems like a natural who seems to be coming along uh, really good. This was a good match. They told a great story. The announced team did a great job talking about how Adam Cole uh, was, you know, 
probably didn't have his sea legs under him and needed to get back acclimated to the ring. That's a that's a story that I like to see, you know, because then the upset is always there. Is there is there a wrestler in the world right now with a better entrance than Adam Cole? Hmm. Uh, you mean just um, as far as like fan interaction, or I'm, I, I mean I'm talking about the whole thing. Like, but the fan interaction is obviously a huge part of it. But like, when I'm watching AEW Dynamite, you know. My time is limited, and um, I'm usually trying to, you know, get past the stuff that I don't need to see so I can see the stuff that I do need to see. And that includes fast-forwarding through a lot of entrances. I've watched enough wrestling in my life where the entrances, unless I'm sitting there with friends or I'm, like, I'm watching it live, like, they're not very important to me. I never fast-forward through the Adam Cole entrance. Yeah, you're right. Uh, He's got... You know, the music is banger. Um, you know, he's got the, the fan interaction. He's, they really did a good job in NXT kind of teaching him the timing of everything. You know, he walks down to the ring in the, in the right amount of time. You know, he gets up on the apron. He does the thing. I think the only thing, you know, it's pretty similar, say, uh, like Nakamura, right? Uh, had that entrance and like Finn Balor had that entrance where like the music was really good and, you know they had those like motions that they did and it's really kind of funny funnily enough now that I'm thinking about it it's like a certain era of NXT right um yes they kind of in- inherited that um but yeah I mean you might be on to something there uh I think I can't get I can't Japan, get enough of him pointing his thumb down himself and going boom it's like the, it's like it's like the simplest thing in the world, but it is so badass with the music and him and the crowd all doing it all at once. It's just it's yeah. incredible. It is funny because it's only like I would say only professional wrestling, but I can see that in like some some sport or something. But the pageantry portion, like that's like I think is pretty unique to to pro wrestling, and uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. For sure, New Japan I think could get that if they don't. They don't necessarily have like the pageantry uh, aspect uh, down. Like a lot of times they're playing like they're in like smaller arenas and stuff. They just don't have like those like epic entrances most of the time. Um, so they could definitely because I think some of those guys would would be able to pull that off too. But are you gonna anyway, look, are you gonna uh, look are you gonna look Tai Chi in the eye and say that? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, but I mean, uh, but sometimes, lost, uh, sometimes Neo Tai Chi, sometimes Tai Chi does walk out just like in a really brightly lit, uh, you know, like high school gymnasium, and it's like, oh, it's G one night seven. It's like, what are they doing here? Yeah, this is the tour. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. But totally. Jer- Jericho comes out at the end, and then we have Jericho kind of doesn't make eye contact with Adam Cole, baby. It looks like we're getting a Jericho-Adam Cole feud, which I actually predicted in my head about 30 minutes before it happened. So um, I'm going to take, take credit for that. Nice. Yeah, uh, that's probably going to be what pay-per-view. I mean, it seems like the right time. It's, you know, six weeks out or so, seven weeks out. Sure. So 
that'll be a good match. And that'll be, you know, Jericho seems to lose a lot of these, um, you know, springboard. And uh, it'll be a nice little baby face run here for, for Cole. Um, you know, he's going to, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him, you know, after this, because he's kind of, they don't have a lot of hot baby faces. And they kind of need that. Well, you know, I was I was thinking about this because they are having. It does look like they're going towards this four way at the next pay per view with MJF and the other pillars, which is a good idea on paper. It seems like it's going to be a good idea in practice. I don't see MJF losing that. No. After that. I mean, MJF can't hang on to this belt very long, can he? That's what I'm wondering, you know, it's like... I mean, he's a weasel. Yeah, do you roll with somebody else? Do you go... Do you have a... You heat up a hot baby face? And I mean, I think Adam Cole... It's either Adam Cole or Kenny Omega. Um, Hangman, I guess. Hangman could. Um... You know, I wonder, I kind of feel like they're going to do the the Kenny story, the Kenny and the Bucks, and, you know, kind of the elite story before they would go back to Hangman for the title. But maybe not. Right, right. Paige was, I mean, Paige was champion during, was arguably their hottest period. Yes, that was also, you know, when you said that earlier about uh, ticket draws, and you were talking about how WWE filled up a a house show with ten thousand people. That really kind of like underscores that when they were at the hottest, WWE was at the lowest. They were it was not good. It was not a good product. People were not into it. WWE has gotten pretty good in the last year or so. And that was not something that we could say for the majority of the time that we've been doing this podcast. So, yeah, people have limited amount of dollars. People have limited amount of time. They're not like us. They don't have a responsibility to the listeners like you and I do <laughs> to watch all this shit. Um, Hell, even even we have limited time. Uh, you know. Yeah, I and- just told you. I just. I mean, I just had a huge huge confession where I said that I fast forward through a lot of entrances, which <laughs> you know, a lot of people might take take me to task on that on wrestling Twitter if I was ever on there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, anything else that you want to say about AEW Dynamite before we move on to, we have a lot of predictions, dude. A lot of predictions. Lots of predictions. Uh, no, uh, pretty pretty thorough discussion of all things aw currently so i liked it i liked it i enjoyed i enjoyed it uh let's get to that two count one two three all right don't want to spend a ton of time on this because we really don't spend a whole lot of time talking about uh roh in general and some of this shit is uh, i'm looking at it for the first time i didn't i have not looked at this card till right now but Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor is coming up, uh, is it Friday? Yeah, so it's actually, it starts, four, it's, I guess, 7 p.m. It starts 4 p.m. Central, um, at least the pre-show does. 
for me. Um, but yeah, it's going to go, so it'd be what, seven o'clock Eastern is going to go up against Rampage and SmackDown. Uh, so that's interesting. Well, I would, I would have to think that anybody that was going to watch a ring of honor, Supercard of honor would probably forego the other two for this. I mean, the SmackDown before WrestleMania is basically a bunch of packages anyway. There is that battle royal, but, you know, whatever. Uh, the first match is a Reach for the Sky ladder match for the vacant ROH World Tag Team Championship. That is sad to me. Maybe it's just because I maybe it's because I just lost somebody, but it seems really sad to me that, like, they're having a match for the vacant ROH because uh, R.I.P.J. Briscoe. But it is a Lucha Brothers versus Top Flight versus The Kingdom versus Aussie Open versus La Fashion Ignorable, which is Roosh Andralistico. So I'm not going to make you go from last to first. Who do you see taking this? Um, the note that I just saw on Reddit are going to debut new belts. So they're retiring, like, those belts that the Briscoes had, those are the Briscoes' belts. Like, they, they were given to them, and they're theirs forever. So um, we'll have some new belts. Honestly, out of everyone here, I would say Lucha Brothers, because it seems like they have not gotten anything for a while. And they're still one of the top acts in the company. That would be my knee-jerk reaction. I could see them doing something like um, giving, you know, like kind of like the ROH veterans, like Mike Taven, Matt Bennett. That's a possibility. But I feel like my gut feeling is it's the Lucha Brothers. All right. Uh, the I'm going to pick against the Lucha Brothers selfishly because I want them to be in AEW because I think they belong in AEW. I think, you know, obviously they're incredible. Um, I don't see it being Matt Taven and Mike Bennett just because they're older, although the, you know, you make a compelling point. Aussie open, they can get over anywhere. Uh, you know, I, I'm between Roosh and Jalistico and top flight. I think I'm gonna go top flight. I think this is a good. I think this is a good place for top flight. Uh, you know, uh, get down there, put some belts on. They're inc they're great athletes, and they are fun to watch. And they seem like a ring of honor act to me. Um, so my my gut's going with top flight. So that's where I'll go. Um, next up, we have the embassy, which is Brian Cage, Khan, and Toa Leona. Versus AR Fox, Blake Christian, and Grand Metalik uh, for the six man tag championship. Who are you taking? So, a little inside scoop. Uh, from what I heard, Brian Cage is done with his contract. So, uh, unless he resigns, he's probably dropping these belts. So, leading AR Fox, Blake Christian, and Metalik. Me too. Uh, next up, we have for the ROH World Tev Television Championship, we have Samoa Joe versus Mark Briscoe. Chance to really steal the show. Who do you have here? It's got to be Mark Briscoe, right? I mean, uh, I don't know if you saw any of the like kind of build up little packages or anything, but uh, you know, Mark Briscoe talking about you know, kind of win it for you know his wife and his family, and of course his brother. It's just like. How are you going to beat Mark Briscoe? Like, I know it's not going to be that way forever. Um, like, but I don't know. Like, also, I can totally, if you're going to have 
somebody do it, you know, who would be able to pull it off with such goddamn just haughty haughtiness, like just just such casual derision. Yes, like, casual <laughs> derision so, is the right phrase. Yes, I am. Yeah. I, I'm taking Samoa Joe. I think that um, I think that having Mark Briscoe win would definitely be the feel good thing. But Mark Briscoe was a pro wrestler at heart. Uh, he came out two weeks after uh, his brother died and had a really fun match. And he's known Samoa Joe for 20 years probably. So Samoa Joe, his character is definitely the kind of character that doesn't give a fuck that Mark Briscoe's brother just died. And he probably is kind of going to be a dick about it. I'm going to take Samoa Joe. Next up for the nice. ROH women. You know what I can't wait for? What's that? I can't wait for I can't wait for Jeff Hardy to come back from rehab so that Samoa Joe can cut a rehab promo on him again. <laughs> like Samoa Joe looking Jeff Hardy in the eye and being like, the wrong Briscoe died. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> Athena versus Yuka Sakazaki. Um, I'll admit I'm not familiar with Yuka Sakazaki, but this is a singles match for the ROH Women's World Championship. Uh, Athena is the artist formerly known as Ember Moon. She is the champion right now. Who do you got? Uh, I've got Athena. And you would know Yuka Sakazaki if you saw her. Um, she was at the very first uh, Double or Nothing. She wrestled uh, in the very first um, AEW show. Oh, that's right. Her name was uh, Naomi? Yeah, I do know her. You'll recognize her when you see her if you want to. Uh, yeah, I'll take a thing to two. I mean, when in doubt, go with the champ. Um, we have <laughs> for the pure championship. I didn't even know. I like. I'm looking at this for the first time, and I'm like, holy shit! We have Wheeler Yuta <laughs> versus Shibata. That's, That's happening. Awesome. That's a match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Shibata is wrestling, and um, you know, like Kenai, he hasn't wrestled in New Japan since he went in the business for himself uh, with that exhibition match. But um, I think that's just because he went into business for himself, and they were not thrilled. Like, sure, um, seems like seems like he is cleared, you know, to to do shit. Um, but yeah, this is it's pretty wild. Uh, I mean. I'm stoked for Wheeler Yuta. That's got to be awesome for him. Um, I do think Wheeler Yuta wins. Uh, like I can't imagine. I don't know. That'd be, that'd be crazy. Uh, I just I think Shibata's just kind of you know dipping his toe in and doing stuff here and there. Right? You know. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm going with Wheeler Yuta, and you know, not only because of the Shibata factor, dipping his toe in and making some money and wrestling in the states, but the other reason is. It looks like we're gearing up for a huge Blackpool Combat Club angle, and Wheeler Yuta walking around with a belt looks better. And this is still Tony Khan's company, so uh, I'm going to go with Wheeler Yuta. Uh, these last three matches, <laughs> like I said, I haven't looked at this card. These last three matches are unbelievable. We have uh, <laughs> know, right? Vikingo versus Commander. 
I just looked up both of their ages while Zach was talking, because I don't listen to Zach when he's talking. I basically just look at Wikipedia. Uh, Vikingo was born in 1997. The Commander was born in 1998. These are two young fellas. They're both uh, 25, 26, 24, something like that. This is a singles match for the AAA Mega Championship. Vikingo has the belt. Who you got, Zach? Vikingo um, will will retain. This is going to be uh, probably the sh- a show stealer. Though these guys are just both outrageous. Um, I mean, this this right here is like worth forty bucks alone. Uh, you know, as far or I wouldn't say it's worth forty bucks alone, but just having this match on the card, you know, you're going to get your your forty dollars worth. Yeah, I mean, Vikingo is kind of on his tour of the u.s right now probably trying to see how much money he can make here in the next 10 or 15 years he is only 25 years old he'll be 26 later on this year and uh right now i think that i'm not going to call him the best high flyer that's ever lived or anything like that but i will say that he's he's a guy that has a lot of juice behind him and he could be at the end of his career the best high flyer that ever lived. Like I mean, he's like the he's probably the best high flyer wrestling right now as far as just the most dynamic. Um, yeah, yeah. Commander's like on his kind of like U.S. tour too. Also, I don't know what promotion, but uh, as a look, but same same week or same weekend this weekend. It's like one of those you know like there's a bunch of indie shows that surround WrestleMania. There's gonna be. A match with Vikingo, Commander, and Taurus, and, and, and like a triple threat. And uh, Taurus is like the best lucha base uh, I've ever seen. He's a massive like, lucha dude. Uh, so uh, that's going to be awesome. So I'm going to have to furiously Google and find that. But anyway, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, it's. Uh- I don't want to come the best high flyer now because I don't want to be. I'm prone to hyperbole sometimes, and I don't want to be too prone to hyperbole, but. He's extremely innovative and extremely talented. And if you haven't watched him, I recommend watching him. Uh, I'm going to go Vikingo here, too. I mean, he's my favorite wrestler of all time. He's on my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I think uh, I think Trevor Dame uh, described it best. I hopped on um, wrestling Twitter for a few minutes just to check on all the CM Punk drama for a minute um, from the figure four message board. But uh, I saw Trevor Damon. He said that Vikingo will take what is already an impressive move and then add like four qualifiers that make it even more difficult, just very casually to where you're just like, it's so unbelievable. Like when he did the, the 630 to Kenny outside yeah. through the table, like not only was he doing a 630, but he did it from a springboard and, but the springboard was the second rope and not the third. Yeah, rope. It was, it was the, it was the second rope, right? Yeah. Second rope. And he did it off of one foot and he had less time to do the rotations because Kenny was on a table. Um, yeah. And just like all those things, like, and I was like, yeah, I was like, that's actually pretty accurate. Cause you know, he doesn't just do a Frankenstein or he does like an inverted four fifty, And then he puts his legs around the guy's head and does a Frankenstein. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. Right. Well, he's like uh, he's like yeah. the type of guy, you know, when I was 
you know, like back in 2000, 2001, when you used to order pay-per-views and you could tape them on VHS, which is what I used to do because I'm an old man, and then I would just save the VHSs. When I would, this is how much I haven't changed in 23, 24 years. <laughs> when, I, when I would sit around and get drunk and high, and people would be over, I was like, you guys got to watch this table ladders and chairs match. And it was TLC one, which was the Dudley's edge and Christian, the Hardys. And you know, there are eight spots in that, that are still to this day. If, if you saw them on a regular television show, you'd be like, this is insane. But, um, that was the one that I would show non-wrestling fans and be like, Hey, check this out. you like, see, see, it's, it's not all stupid. Like, it's fun, right? This is fun. And, like, by the end of it, people, they'd be going nuts with me. Probably has something to do with the weed and the beer. But, like, <laughs> Vikingo is, like, the type of shit that I would show somebody that made fun of me today. I'd be like, watch this guy. And yeah. it's like Cirque de Soleil shit, basically. There's, I mean, he's, like, insane acrobats. But, um, you know, I digress. Uh, for, this, for the ROH World Championship, we have a singles match between Claudio... Castagnoli versus Eddie Kingston. Who you got? I'm going to say Claudio. I mean, it'd be kind of neat for Eddie to get, um, you know, his first world title. But, again, you, you mentioned, like, we're getting ready to do a big feud in Black Bull Combat Club. Those guys are, you know, top stars. Um, you know, it's like, what do you do with Claudio? Otherwise, like, Kingston just doesn't need a belt. Like, he's just, like, a tough, mouthy dude. Like, this dude doesn't need to be a champion of anything. Like, he's just out there to fight. Like, he's the kind of guy that, was like, I knew guys like him. I had friends, you know, that were like them. And, like, you wouldn't want to go anywhere with him because you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy just wants to fight everybody all the yeah, time. Yeah, I'm But he was, like, a really good guy. <laughs> I'm related to <laughs> Like, that was, that's the way my brother was for about five years. Um, yeah. I'm going to go against what I was saying earlier. In that we're gearing up for this big Blackpool Combat Club's angle. And Claudio Castagnoli uh, doesn't... God, am I really doing this? (laughs) Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't work yourself into it, you. I'm taking Eddie Kingston. I'm taking Eddie Kingston. I'm taking Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Castagnoli. I don't know why I say his name. You for a celebration. What'd you say? He can come find you for a celebration. Afterwards. Come find me for a celebration, Eddie Kingston, you fucking bitch. Uh, and then <laughs> finally, uh, we have... Uh, we have... Like, I didn't even know this match. Like, again, I didn't know this match was happening. Daniel Garcia versus Tanahashi? What the fuck? Uh, this is just a singles match with nothing on the line. Yeah, what a, dude, like, what a dream for, for Garcia. Like, I'm just, like, so thrilled for him. Um, that's kind of, like, how I think of it. Uh, I just think about how cool it would be for these guys to be, like, Tom Azure doesn't have a whole lot of years left in him. And uh, you can, I just imagine, you know, 15 minutes in the room with Tanahashi, you're going to learn so much. Um, and, uh, yeah, anyway, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take Tanahashi. There's no reason for Tanahashi yeah. to be putting over Daniel Garcia. Uh, right Shadow would have him lose, but TK ain't going to have him lose. Well, it, feel, it feels like people have been writing 
Tana, the end of Tanahashi's career ever since I started watching Tanahashi. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, I haven't seen him slow down too much. So I'm not ready to see him go yet, and there's no reason for Garcia to go over Tanahashi. So that was our ROH Supercard of Honor predictions. Uh... Uh, yeah, go three. Uh, we just had a, a somebody else just joined. Um, okay, hold on a second, everybody. Don't worry, I'll cut this part out. <laughs> All right, go ahead and turn that on. Yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, everybody, welcome Vice to the show. Vice, hello. What's up, Mark? Um, I was. Oh, hi. That's uh, that's my, that's Zach Holman. You might know him as Two Beer Zach. I remember him. I was telling Zach beforehand that you and I went and saw John Wick 4 Saturday night, and I told him I think it's probably the best one. Holy, holy shit. Is it the best one? Okay, so, hey, Zach, have you ever been to a movie with Bill? Talking to the mic. <laughs> I have. I actually saw John Wick 3 with him. Yeah. Okay, so you're aware of how Bill um, <laughs> likes to talk through the whole <laughs> fucking movie. Can't be quiet, right? <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, fucking lost his soul like seven different times. I think that's what I told him. I was like, "Yeah, I think my soul left my body a couple times, man." That's how like, great it was. Like there was, there was a, um, there was a couple sitting next to us. Who, I like, um, I like the who, fat guy who looked, who looked more like uh, JCB than than me, you, and Bill. And Talking were, to the mic. And they were even like, can you tell that dude to shut the fuck up, please? <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> shut off. They did not. Oh, they God. never said that. They were like, calm your boy down. I'm like, You're an, no, they never said that. I'm like, shut you're up. drinking. It's 8 o'clock. I brought you popcorn. It was 11 o'clock at night, man. It was a three-hour movie. <laughs> we packed a lunch. Yeah, we were, we were like eating edibles inside there <laughs> and fucking vaping. It was an ordeal. But yes, the movie. Whew. It was no, the no. shit. It was the shit. Okay, let's get to that three. I will say, if you if you lined up all the members of BFR, and you said which one of these guys talks the most in the movie theater, uh, <laughs> I think the majority of the people would be wrong. That's right, one hundred percent. I mean, it's John Wick, though. It's not fucking. It's not. It's not Revolutionary Road. It's not like we got. It's not the English Patient. It's like I. You could have fun during John Wick. Yeah, but it's not like you were. It's not like you were being like, "Oh, that's cool." You were like, "Don't go down that hallway." No, oh, I bitch, did. Don't pick up Shut that gun. <laughs> oh my god, that's gonna happen. Don't go down that hallway. Don't make it right there. It like, Look behind you. Look behind yeah. you, motherfucker. <laughs> He's coming down the hallway, bitch. Okay. All for three hours. That, that's great. That's enough. That's going to do it for our two count. One, two, three. All right. So uh, let's do our stand and deliver picks. We got a lot of picks to go. Um, so let's do our stand and deliver picks. Um, so I'm going to start with Chase University in an eight-person mixed tag team match. Zach, do you even know who I'm talking about when I say this stuff? Uh, yeah, I I have not been able to watch as much as I've wanted to recently. Uh, I like Chase U. I think uh, that's a fun act. It's Chase University and Tyler Bate versus Schism in an eight-person tag team match. Who you got? Oh, uh, I gotta go with uh, Chase U and Tyler Bate. I, I just love 
like, I love Tyler Bates. I love – it's probably a bad, bad call, but – that's who I'm going with. I mean, I haven't watched NXT in a while. I did watch this week, and it seems like Schism has a new leader who I didn't know who it was, but I think Chase U uh, fucking rules. I'm going to go Chase U also. So in a triple threat tag team match for the NXT Tag Team Champions, we have Gallus versus the Creed Brothers versus D'Angelo Family, which is Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stax Lorenzo. Uh, who you got, Zach? Uh, you want me to go least the most here? Uh, I'm not writing it down, so, I mean, yeah. But oh, okay. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I just didn't write it down beforehand, so. Just whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. It's not, good, not like it matters. <laughs> this is the way most um, podcasts do it, though. Most podcasts don't write it down. They just kind of talk about it. We, we keep receipts. Yeah. And we, we had a notebook full of them that uh, Bill always uh, either leaves out in the rain or lets his dog eat whenever he loses. But, uh, uh, so, I, did, I did have a perfect pay-per-view not that long ago. Don't forget about that. So the days of making fun of Bill <laughs> are almost done. Kind of. <laughs> uh, least likely, I'll say the Creed. And um, I'll go in the middle, uh, Tony D'Angelo and Sax. Uh, and I think Gallus will be the winner. Yeah, I think D'Angelo is the least, the Creeds are the second, and Gallus uh, retaining is the most likely. Um, okay, so we have a tag team match for the NXT Women's Tag Champions, which is Fallon Henry and Fallon Henley and Keanu James. Uh, do you know who either of those people are? Uh, I hear the names, but no. I do know the challenger. Or I do know the... the Alba Fire uh, and Isla Dawn. So who you got? I do know them, uh, Alpha Fire and Aladon, just for the sake that I've heard of them. Yeah. And I know uh, what they look like. Yeah, they're telling some sort of story with uh, Josh, Briggs, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen with them. I, I don't know. But yeah, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the uh, the uh, English people. Uh, Is Aladon still making people cute slime and stuff? I got to admit, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I, re- I really don't. Um so uh, we have Roxanne Perez versus Zoe Stark versus Gigi Dolan versus Tiffany Stratton versus Lyra Valkyra versus Indy Hartwell for the ladder match for the NXT Women's Championship. <laughs> I am not going to go through all those, but I will say that I think Roxanne, I guess she's retaining here. I know they didn't strip her of the title, I guess, but I know that she was out with injury. Um, so I guess she's still the champion. So I'm going to say that she is still the champion. I will say. I say if I have to pick a second person, if it's not her, um, I'll say Zoe Stark. Yeah. So, like I said, I watched NXT last week. There was this terrible, just terrible backstage segment <laughs> with Roxanne Perez talking she came she comes back and she talks to hbk and she's talking about how when she passed out in the ring like part of it was anxiety but now she's cleared and hbk was like well you know he's like i'm still worried about you i know you're clear by the doctors but i'm still just worried about you like it was just like it was supposed to be dramatic it was 
absolutely terrible. But they're obviously <laughs> telling a story with Roxanne Perez. I'm going to take Roxanne Perez. Um, okay, we have Johnny Gargano versus Grayson Waller in an unsanctioned match. Who you got? Oh, you think this will be better than Gargano Champa unsanctioned? I think it has the opportunity to be really, really fucking good. Yeah, I'm joking. Uh, I, I shouldn't chill on it. I think it will be good. I do think Gargano will win, though, because he is an absolute superstar in NXT. And even though, you know, you think older guy put the younger guy over, um, not not in this case. I think that Waller could probably lose every single match and still be very, very over. I think that Grayson Waller is a star. So I'm with you. I'm going He's with good. I'm going with Johnny Gargano. Okay, two matches left. Now this ladder match for the NXT or no, this fatal five way match for the NXT North American Championship really has it really has an opportunity to steal the show, as they say. It is Wes Lee versus Dragon Lee versus JD McDonough versus Ilya Dragunov versus Axiom. Wesley is the championship. Zach, who you got? Yeah, this is a bonkers match. Um, it can, it's a five-way, it, but it's not a ladder match. It's not a ladder match, but it can. It really has a chance to be fucking, be fucking nuts. Yeah, uh, man, uh, North American Championship. I mean, Axiom uh, and Dragon Lee alone are two insane performers like high flyers. And then you throw in Wesley, J.D. McDonough, and Ilya Dragunov, who had a – who won a B for one year for match of the year against Gunther. Like, this really – I mean, this is this is an insane fucking match. Is this the yeah, second coming really of NXT? Uh, nah, nah, I, I, I don't know. It's not as good as it used to be because it is basically unknowns. And, like, when it was good, it was, like, all these indie guys that people knew, so, like, they knew they could go. But it is basically still unknowns. Axiom is a little bit different. Dragon Lee is certainly different. It'll just, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I mean, it's a great question. I mean, these guys can fucking go. Oh, yeah. Who you got? Dragon, Dragon off. I love that guy. I love Dragon off, too. Who that you guy. got, uh, Zach? Oh, man, um. Give me Wesley, but I think Dragon Lee is not going to be the one to take the pin. I think, um, you know, he's going to look real strong, though, in the outing for sure. But, uh, yeah, give me Wesley. I'm going to take Axiom. I, I think that uh, I think that they I think that they're getting way behind him. And I think that J.D. McDonough and Dragunov – and maybe Wesley and Dragon Lee are built for different things. I think Axiom is the perfect North American champion. Champion. Um, he like Wesley is a is is an awful promo, like uh, an almost offensive promo. Like when you watch him, you're like, ah, God, that this sucks so bad. Axiom, at least he doesn't talk. I'm taking Axiom. <laughs> and then finally, uh, for the for the singles match singles match for the NXT Championship, uh, we have Braun Breaker, who's the current champion, with uh, versus Carmelo Hayes. They've done a spectacular job building this match. Um, the video package that they put together on the last NXT about these two guys, like having mutual respect, was 
got me pretty hyped up for the match, I'll be honest. So, Braun Breaker versus Carmelo Hayes. Who do you have, Zach? Uh, I think they're going to do it. I think it's going to be Carmelo Hayes because I feel like, you know, we're getting that post-WrestleMania. I think Braun Breaker shows Roll up the fuck on up. the main roster. <laughs> <laughs> So you think Braun Breaker's coming up after WrestleMania? Yep. Bo, do you want to chime in here? There is no way Braun Breaker's losing. That guy is so awesome. I think it's more likely I think he just that Carmelo it. Hayes loses and then comes up after WrestleMania than it is that Braun Breaker loses and comes up after WrestleMania. Absolutely. Braun Breaker's just going to keep rolling. No, like, no. We how could, good is that guy, though? No, we, I, I love him, but we could be completely wrong, and we could play this back, and Zach, and it's going to be me and you being so sure about it, and Zach's going to end up being right. I'm willing to take that risk. <laughs> I am betting on Braun Breaker until Braun Breaker loses. Braun Breaker. That's going to do it for our three count. Tom Brady. What the fuck? Absolute fucking bullshit. Uh, so. <laughs> all right. So now we're getting into WrestleMania predictions. Okay, boys? You boys ready? Okay, so Bo. JCB has sent Bo his predictions. And Bo's going to read them. Bo wants to know if he should do them as JCB. <laughs> Bo wants to know if he should do them in blackface. Yeah, he wants to do it in blackface. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> oh, I'm seven, not, I'm seven, ready to do blackface. I shouldn't seven, do it. Seven beer, calm down. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what, Bo? I'm going to leave it up to you. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh, you know. We got it. If it ever, fe- you know, just do what feels good. Um, so we're going to start off with something. We're going to start off with something big because this has been announced as the curtain jerker for Saturday night. The curtain jerker on Saturday night is Austin Theory versus John Cena. This seems like this is Cena doing Triple H a solid and saying, I'm going to make sure that all the butts are in the seats at the beginning of the show. Austin Theory versus John Cena. Two beers, Zach. I'll let you go first. And also, he's like, hey, I'll do WrestleMania, but I want to do the first fucking show of the first night so I can get home before the show ends. <laughs> fucking exactly <laughs> right, dude. That's, I mean, that's so true. Perfect. Um, I I got uh, Austin Theory. I think it would be bonkers for, for Cena to win. Um, this is going to be a showcase for theory and it's going to be something that theory can talk about uh, the same way that uh, MJF you know talked about beating CM Punk in Chicago like I beat John Cena at Wrestlemania we're going to hear it for the next five years uh, Jason who you got oh you, you know you know that Austin Theory has got this one <laughs> Cena's just coming back just to make viewers watch <laughs> Stevie Wonder can see this Austin Theory all day long. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it again. It wasn't even very good, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I'm going Austin Theory also. 
Um, I I think it'll be a competitive match. I think Cena, you know, Cena hasn't had a real match at WrestleMania in a long time. He had that Undertaker squash thing. He had that thing where with Elias that one year. Um, I think that Cena is probably going to put on his working boots, and I expect I expect this to be I expect this to be good. I do. Austin Theory is three times the professional wrestler uh, in the ring that John Cena ever was. I don't mind saying it. I also don't mind saying that Austin Theory is a better promo than John Cena. I also don't mind saying that Austin Theory is a better human than John Cena. (laughs) I fucking hate John Cena. Go Austin Theory. We can fucking tell. Oh, you can? Okay. So next up we have Damage Control. Which is Io Shirai, or sorry, Io Sky, Dakota Kai, and Bailey versus Becky Lynch, uh, Lita, and Trish Stratus. Uh, Jason, who you got? Well, you know, so I've been looking at the stuff, and Bill just walked away. So, you know, I got to talk for like two minutes about wrestling because that's just what happens when it happens. I don't know. He, he said damage control. I really fucking have got nothing. I'm pretty stoned, so what do you think? What do you think, Zach? Damage uh, control? Damage control. Me, uh, just because I had not uh, thought that that was even an option. Um, this one was pretty obvious to me as far as, uh, in my line of thinking, it, that uh, it would be uh, Becky and the Legends. Um I'd be interested to hear his reasoning. I just feel like it's hard. These, it's, like, they don't do a lot of legend beating at WrestleMania, um, so that's that was kind of my line of thinking with it. Yeah, I think, I think his, uh, I think his reasoning was basically uh, girls he used to jerk off to and girls he jerks off to now. So I don't know. <laughs> he's like, he's like doing like a, a Mary fuck kill. Uh, of the three, and it's harder yeah. to decide which one to kill on the damage control side. Uh, so, recency. Like, yeah, they're all marriage material. Oh, man, and he's just like, yeah. All right, so I think there's a couple of different ways you can go here. Like the the uh, the way that you can go, like. It kind of depends on where this is at in the card. Like, are they going to put the baby faces over because they're legends? But why are the legends coming back unless they're going to put the non-legends over? Is Trish Stratus going to turn on uh, the baby faces? Uh, there is. There are rumors that Trish Stratus might be around for a little bit longer. By the way, Trish Stratus, really, I mean, I mean she looks pretty fucking good. I'll do respect to all the women out there. Um, uh, I'm going to go damage control. So everybody's going damage control? No, I I picked uh, Becky and the Legends. That surprises me. You guys both did damage control. All right. So Zach's taking the baby faces. All right. Next up, we have what apparently is a uh, showcase tag team match. Okay. So this is uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. I mean... Which is you know a tag team that's just been around forever. Uh, Natalia and uh, <laughs> Natalia and Shotzi Blackheart. You know they have all that story behind them. Uh, we have let's see Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, and then we have Chelsea Green versus and Sonya Deville. So uh, Jason might not have this, which means he gets no points. Yeah, he doesn't have points. 
Uh, sorry, Jason. <laughs> X out, <laughs> bitch. Uh, Zach, <laughs> Zach, who you got least the most? Uh, I mean, I feel like it doesn't even matter who you put down for me as far as like least the most, uh, because this is Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. They're the ones that are going to win. Nobody else in here. This is just like a, a bingo card of women. Like, so they just like put a bunch of names in a hat and shuffle them around um, to make the team. Uh, didn't Mitt Romney teams. like run on a bingo card of women or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that was text, textbooks Roll full of women. Roll a deck. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. Deck, okay, so yeah. you don't want to do the other ones? I don't want to do the other ones either. I'm taking Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Uh, we don't have to waste our time. Okay, so let's go to the men's, which isn't very much better. Uh, we have Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Alpha Academy versus Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders. Uh, Jason, you want to go least to most? I'm done doing his impression. So he's got from least to most. Or mm-hmm. from most to least, he's got um, Braun, Braun Ricochet, mm-hmm. and Tree Province. And that's all he's got. That's all he's got? Yeah. So he's got Braun and Ricochet. Can I see it, please? Yeah. Uh, Braun, Ricochet, Tree Profits. Oh, yeah. He must have been fucking stuck. <laughs> All right. Uh, who do you have? Who do you have, uh, Zach? This is working out well. Um, as far as uh, I'll do, most likely, the least likely, most likely, Braun Strowman and Ricochet, uh, then the Street Profits, then the Viking Raiders, and then unfortunately, Chad Gable and Otis. Uh, I'll go Viking Raiders last. I'll go Alpha Academy second to last. I'll go. Braun and Ricochet second most, and all goes Street Profits most, unless they break up. But this would be a weird spot for them to break up. They should break up on like on Raw or something, right? Yeah, it'd be weird um, to just break up immediately with no uh, on a WrestleMania kind of, showcase match. Yeah, yeah. All right, they'll, they'll say that. Let's get into some real stuff here. Okay. Uh, let's 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 add a little bit of fun because the rest of these matches are pretty fun. I am excited for pretty much all of them. Let's start off with Gunther versus Sheamus versus McIntyre in a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. These are some big meaty men slapping meat. There is going to be some red chests. When we are done with this, there are going to be some guys that are hurting. I want to see some bruising. I'll go first. I'm going Gunther to retain. I'm going McIntyre second, and I'm going Sheamus last. Uh, Zach, I'll let you go next. That's exactly how I have it. I don't see Gunther losing it, but if he did, I think it would be Drew. If Gunther's losing it, that's because Gunther's coming after Cody after Cody wins the championship. But that's I I, I don't see that happening yet because there's going to be Roman. I I, I don't know. Uh, who's Jason got? All right. So Jason is Gunther, but Gunther, Gunther, whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> but I, I if we're if we're going to engage people. On who's going to be the absolute reddest at the end of this match, it's going to be Sheamus. Yeah. It's going to be McIntyre, and it's going to be Gunther. 
Sheamus is gonna be fucking hot pink who by the you, end of this. Who does Jason have next? He, he just has Gunther. That's, that's all he has is that's, Gunther. That's all he sent me. That's that's all that's all the points he gets. Uh, okay, so we have Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Jason, who do you have? Asuka. That's it. Wow. Okay. Wow. Kind of blown away by that. Uh, Zach, who do you have? You know, I was actually thinking... Um, Asuka until I started thing. just making fun of Jason for picking it? I was. And now, now I'm trying to like not suck myself out of it, but I think uh, I think I'm gonna go with Oscar. Good for you. you. Know, Bianca's great, but you know Bianca, you know, put her in chase mode. Um, Oscar's just—I mean, we got Triple H booking, and what is like Oscar had one of the greatest title reigns in you know women's wrestling history. Uh, so let's let's see that happen again. Okay, so I have three reasons why I'm picking Bianca Belair. Uh, the first one being that Bianca Belair is only a few days away from holding the belt for 365 days. That's not the biggest reason, but it is something sometimes. The second reason being they haven't really told a story with this. Like, Asuka changed her hair color and got missed now. It's kind of been a weak story. If you're going to have Bianca be this dominant, you know, some people call her Jane Cena. If you're going to have Bianca be this dominant, and she has been dominant. Like, her pay-per-view matches have been dominant. So, what does Asuka... And the third thing being they have this uh, reality show coming out with her and Montez Ford. Like, she going to lose it? she going to lose it? Nah, I don't see her losing it. I'm going Bianca Belair. Uh, next up, let's just stick with the women. Uh, we got Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Who does Jason have? Uh, let's see here. Jason has, and behind it, he says, Stevie Wonder can see this, Ripley. Does he really have that behind it? Yeah. <laughs> the dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, who you got, Zach? Uh, definitely Ripley. And now that I think about that, I'm like, well, would they change both women's titles? Uh, but I, I already took my pick. But yeah, this is definitely Ripley. Uh, this is not my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. But that's only because I have another match that's a Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. It's Rhea Ripley. Uh, the only re- the only way that the only way that Charlotte's going to be able to get the 16 title reigns is if she loses a whole bunch. They love putting it on her and then taking it off her. Putting it on her and taking it off her because so, they're trying to get her 16. It's so stupid and so transparent. I'm going Rhea Ripley. Hot as fuck. Let me ask you a question. She, she what, is. If, what if they change both women's titles this weekend? Fuck yeah. Would that be a great thing? Um, will we start? Uh, will we stop talking shit? And I think it's I think it's fine for Char. I think it's fine for Charlotte to drop it. I would like to see Bianca drop it in more of a story than just have an Oscar yeah. come in and basically do nothing except for change her hairstyle and then go over Bianca Belair. And Bianca Belair is like she does not lose. Yes, I agree. She's very attractive. I saw I saw what you just did. Act like you were humping the air. Uh, so everybody's got Rhea Ripley. Um, you should have seen it. it was disgusting. Um, so 
We have Edge. He cheered me on. Edge versus Finn Balor. Hell in a cell. Zach, I'll let you go first. Uh, much to the chagrin one, I think the demon is going to conquer um, the moody vampire. <laughs> Who's Jason got? He has Edge. He's got Edge? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> this is my Stone Cold Lead Pipe. That was, that was fucking hilarious. This is my Stone Cold Lead Pipe. Boom. Lock of the week. Finn Balor's going to be the demon. The demon doesn't lose. Ever. He picked Edge? Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Didn't the, the demon lost to Roman Reigns, though, but I guess that doesn't count to Roman. You know why it doesn't count? Bottom. Because I don't remember it. Uh, coming up next. <laughs> that doesn't count. Is that true? That Finn Balor lost as no, the demon count. to Roman Reigns? Kids that prove that's wrong. You remember, like, the rope broke or something? Oh, and they never explained it. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, fuck them. Yeah, I mean, that counts. You're right. Okay, uh, we have... Let's okay. Let's let's get some real shit. We oh, have good started. The Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn tag match for the unified WWE tag team belts. Who does Jason have? KO and Sami. Uh, who does Zach have? Uh, this is actually my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week, and it's KO and Sami. Yeah, I got KO and Sammy too. This is one of those things where this is where you pay off a story. You pay off a story at WrestleMania. And, I mean, is that your thinking too, Zach? Yeah, I mean, this is a part of it is, um, you know, a make good for uh, Sammy not winning at Montreal. (laughs) Um, I mean, there's that too. I feel like this this at least should be the main event of night one. Uh, I am a, a very progressive. Um, I'm a feminist. I'm all about social equity, social justice. That said, because I'm a feminist, like my wife would be like, "Oh my god, there's a spider! Get it!" Like, yeah, I'm a feminist. Like, you're just fucking capable of getting the spider as me. I think that this should be merit based. Same as the hottest character in the company. He should be main eventing this night one instead of just because it's a women's world title match that's night that's get off my i'm gonna get off my soapbox now well that's but, what that's why i was gonna ask you i was gonna ask you do you think this will main event i i think it should but i don't think it will i think i think Rhea and charlotte is supposed to main event i thought you were gonna say that you're a feminist but you believe that Sami Zayn should have the women's title <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I just, I just got, I just got hot. I just got, Bo just got me high, and I was listening to you talk, and Dude, I was like, threw, threw an empty beer can at me while he was thinking about this. I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? I thought he was, I thought he was saying, you know, it should just be merit based. There shouldn't be gender belts. Like Sami Zayn should have one belt. Roman Reigns should have two belts. Give the other one to the Big Show. He always talks about the Giggle Twins, 
And then he gets high and starts running his fucking Yeah, mouth. but I laugh on mic, though. You guys talk off mic, and all you do is hear you guys giggle. And so me and Zach are talking, and you guys are just giggling. Yeah, we're fucking hilarious. That's fine, but let the, let the audience in on it. Giggle twins? You got to pay for that. <laughs> no, you joke for... No, you can, yeah, you're right. You yeah, should. You and Zach can freestyle. Yeah, we should charge. You and okay. Zach can freestyle. All right, all right. So I, I saved I, I saved what I think are my four favorite matches for last. First one being... You think the, the, the Omos should be a favorite over Kevin Owens' match? I think Kevin Owens is your boy. I love him to death. Soft bigotry of low expectations. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. So you mentioned Lester and Omos. Sorry, I wrote that around his wedding. You wedding you, you brought up Lester and Omos. Um, I am what they would now call an Omos sapien. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make that up. That's a th- that's a thing now. If you're a fan of Omos, you're an Omos sapien. <laughs> you're such a dickhead. <laughs> um, I so this is the this is a tough one for me. Because I can see Lashley getting involved in this, getting the Hurt Business back together, and having Omos join the Hurt Business. I can see something like that happening. If nothing like that happens, this is a stone-cold lead pipe lock. It's Lesnar. But if there's shenanigans, it's going to be Omos with some sort of combination of Lashley and MVP because Lashley doesn't have a match. Um, that being said, I can't count on shenanigans. I'm going Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar doesn't fly anywhere to lose. Who you got? Uh, so JCB right. has Brock. Who you got, Zach? I am decidedly not an homosexual. So That's not what I I'm said. Brock. With your eyes open? That's not what I said. I didn't say almost sexual. Would you call me? <laughs> I said almost sapien. <laughs> That's such a stupid. It's so funny. <laughs> I don't know who came up with it. I can't credit them. It's so funny to me. I am really looking forward to this match. Bill the funky almost sapien. <laughs> Man, that's good. Hey, Zach, real question. How long does the match last? That should have been uh, the AKA for this week. How long does this match last? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, let's put the over-under on this match from bell ring to bell ring. Bell ring to bell ring. I'll put the I'll put the over-under at six minutes. Whew. I was going to say seven. I mean, they, they could walk around and stare at each other for a while, you know? Well, there's going to be a lot of headlocks and fucking slaps and shit. It's like when it was when it was Sammy versus Roman, like they just stood around stared at each other for five minutes and it was riveting. It was hey, so good. Don't start don't start giving away material for the next <laughs> next talk. All right. Um on a scale of one to ten, how much are you looking forward to this match? Uh I am one hundred percent showering. This is a shower match for you? Wait, hold on a second. Hold no, on a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Hold I'll on. Go next. I'll go next. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm definitely going to definite, uh, designate the seven minutes to watch this match. I think I'll watch it. 
Yeah, Zach, you're, two big-ass guys kid, throwing each other around. I mean, you're kidding about this being the shower Brock, match, though, right? Brock fucking Lesnar. You know, I think the, the O and Omos stands for Old Spice, which is why I use them in the shower. Absolute fucking bullshit. I can't believe you <laughs> said that about my dude. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to slap you in the chest next time I see you. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we have, okay, so we have Dominic versus his dad, Rey Mysterio. I know exactly how this is going to go. Can I go first? I know exactly. Be trying to get some free old spice, by the way. I think I've said that. <laughs> wait, you're not going to be watching this? Oh, Old Spice, not a sponsor. Um, yeah. You're going to be watching Dom be. versus Ray, come, right? Come find me, Old Spice. <laughs> Wait, I you're got, not you're I not skipping Dom Ray, are you? Uh, no, this is gonna be this is gonna be awesome. Yeah, this is gonna be awesome, and I I'm telling you right now, I am going Ray Mysterio, and the reason I'm going Ray Mysterio, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, is because the next pay per view backlash is in the stadium in Puerto Rico, and I think that Ray is going to beat Dom here, and Dom is gonna say. Okay, I'll fight you in Puerto Rico, and if I beat you, you're done. And so they're going to have the main event in Puerto Rico, and even though they're Mexican, I think, but you know who knows. And uh, wait, are we still recording? Fuck. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we'll, ed- we'll edit that shit out. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll edit it out. Um, who knows? I had a friend who was Puerto Rican that hated being called Mexican. Like it really bothered him. Yeah, that guy wasn't very cool anyway, so okay. No, he's in prison now. I mean, of course. Like, <laughs> you know, like I said. Um, <laughs> what Zach. was I talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going right. I'm going right. <laughs> See what happens when he gives me a fucking mic? He's going to, no, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to lose to Dom at Backlash next week. Or next month. Zach, who you got? Uh, I have Dom. I think this entrance is going to be great. I really hope Ray comes out in like a low rider, like he did with Eddie. Um, that'd be really cool. Did you see the other uh, night where Dom said, "I wish Eddie was my real dad"? Oh man! And I don't know why we didn't oh think of it. Like this was the perfect like way to do the thing. Mom, right? Like we didn't think about that at all. He was just healing on his mom, and it, it was it was so good. Oh man! It was. Dom I mean, so he, when he was healing on his mom, it was completely believable. It was like so he good. really seemed like such an asshole. Yes, like he's he an he's yeah. an actor. I think he, he can. So I think good. he would be a good actor. I hate him. I like, think he could have played the guy in a beautiful mind. If I saw him in public, I'd be like, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> <laughs> like I literally would. He came out. He came out three days later, too, and he's like. What kind of dad hits his own kid? It's such a funny promo. <laughs> I'm telling you, I see this motherfucker down at IGA tomorrow. I'll slap the shot of him. Like you're Dom? an asshole. Yeah. Oh, I'm, an asshole. I'm crossing the street. I'm scared of him. Yeah, he's <laughs> went to prison. He is, no, you're not. <laughs> he is like he is like six three. Man, his whole character of being the prison. Is really fun. It's so funny how seriously he takes it. Like, how seriously he plays it. His tears would wash <laughs> away his eye tattoo. I don't know. He, I mean, he's on my short list for wrestler of the year, Beavers 2024. 
Um, like he's like most improved for sure. In the four. Oh my God, he is. He's. You can't take your eyes off him. Eighteen months ago, he was fucking hated on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, you don't you don't fast forward through Dom's segments though. Like you, yeah. I want to see what Dom says. Yeah, he's talking about mommy and shit. Unbelievable. He's got so much <laughs> material. Oh, uh, by the he, way, JCB took uh, Ray. Okay, so he took Ray too. I'm trying to go in the opposite. I think that Dom wins, and then uh, he like bloats. And then they have the rematch, and Ray wins in Puerto Rico. Maybe they do a yeah. Maybe that's... Dom like does like a retirement thing, and they say like I'll retire you if you or like the family jumps in and shit. Totally, like that's completely plausible, and it it's going to happen one of those ways, probably. <laughs> you know, it's just like, um, but they have told this story perfectly. I think it's I think the timing on it's been really good. They really edged us. So with good. It. Um, so we have two matches left. This next match is the match that I think is going to be the match of the weekend. And I don't know if that makes me a hipster or makes me a dork, but Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. If Logan Paul, now listen to how I'm going to word this statement. If Logan Paul can get Mm. that kind of match out of Roman Reigns, what kind of match can Seth Rollins get out of Logan Paul? Match of the weekend. I, that's my guess. I think this is going to rule at the same time. Can't see Logan Paul winning this one. Seth Rollins has to be kept strong, and they have to give him a win sometime. He lost three times in a row to Cody Rhodes. He has had a very slow but good build to being a babyface. And now he's got a high-profile match against a very famous person, non-wrestler, so to speak. They have to give Seth Rollins a win here. I'm going Seth Rollins. Who's Jason got? All right, so JCB. Ma- has- match of the weekend, though. That's my guess. JCB has uh, Seth Rollins. Can I, give, can I give two cents? Sure. I think this is going to steal the weekend from everybody it's gonna this match is gonna be fucking awesome it's gonna slap it's gonna (laughs) it's gonna we know we know it's gonna be good like we know these guys can go we 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 know it's gonna be good is it is it gonna be three quarters as good as omos lester or 80 percent as good as omos lester uh i think i think (laughs) i think you need to get your dick out of that girl because she's not going home again this is gonna be zach who you got um, I also have Seth Rollins. Uh, job in this build of, uh, you know, he's taken a couple, couple shots. Um, like good strong this whole build. Um, but this match is going to be excellent. Uh, I am very much looking forward to it. Uh, I will probably be drinking a prime. Um, not because I'm the Logan Paul fan, even though he's a great pro wrestler, but my kids turn me on to these things and they're fucking delicious. Uh, so I'll probably be hydrating in between multiple beers here. Uh, but yeah. Um, is Seth Rollins a pretty natural pick you think for Cody at SummerSlam considering that Cody swept him when he came back in and they, they do have this history now. I think so. I think, and it's also just a, they did three amazing matches and, um, it, it makes sense that uh, each time 
it was taken to the limit. It's not like Cody outright beat him. Um, although it was really rough whenever uh, Seth Rollins lost to a one-armed man in a hell in a cell. But man, um, I, I think it was uh, I, th- I think it was before the podcast. But like when when Cody was Stardust, like Goldust and Stardust versus the Shield. They, like, ran raw for, like, three months in the yes, summer. Yes. It was just, like, match after match after match. And it was, like, it was Dustin and Cody versus The Shield, and Dustin and Cody would always have one other guy. And they were just, they main evented raw so many fucking Constantly. weeks in a row. But it's, like, and, like, I, I'm just a, I'm a massive Dustin fan. Like, I think, like, when given the time and given the, uh, given the opportunity i think that dustin rhodes is one of the funnest guys to watch i don't know i'm i'm into cody rhodes winning the belt flipping heel very quickly and then um facing a baby face but that kind of takes away about finn balor because listen finn balor beats edge in hell in the cell rhea ripley wins the belt and then Dom and Ray, like if Dom wins, it could be judgment. It could be the Judgment Day WrestleMania. Loaded, loaded. And they could just run shit after that. Faction. Have Dom beat Gunther. So, have him submit him. Faction. <laughs> how awesome would that faction? How awesome would that faction be for a couple months? I mean, they're pretty awesome right now. Okay, so the main event. We have. Roman Reigns, the champion, he's been champion for almost a thousand days versus Cody Rhodes, one of the biggest baby faces. Hey, we're here, guys. They told the story pretty good. Like, <laughs> we were worried like six weeks ago after the Rumble. We were like, how are they going to how are they going to keep this interesting for this long? And they've managed to do it. So would you agree with that, Zach? Oh, 100 percent. Um I mean, I watch SmackDown and Raw every week now, which is not something I've done in the history of the podcast. <laughs> that is unbe- that's, that's really unbelievable. I mean, not that you didn't watch it. Like, I knew you didn't used to watch it. But now that you watch it, that's unbelievable. Because it grows up. It is good, though, now. <laughs> it is. Part of it is, you know, the Cody is in the, the main event scene. And, you know, it's been the, the bloodline storyline has been the thing that's really kept this thing going. And then in the past, past few weeks, Sammy and KO, which is also tangential to the bloodline and Cody's tangential to that. Like, uh, the top of the card has been absolutely excellent. Yeah. And then you have guys like Gunther who are cool. And you have guys like Dom who are cool. And uh, Austin Theory is pretty okay. I mean, it really is a... it's. It's a good product now. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, so, who do you have? Roman Reigns versus Cody. You asking me? I am. I am going with Cody Rhodes. Uh, it just seems like it's the right time. Not only... It doesn't necessarily just seem like the right time for Cody, although it does, but it seems like the right time for Roman and the bloodline just kind of you know it's their their time is over right it seems like they're been imploding 
uh, and we're going to now, or they will implode, and then the storyline will continue, because they've been really pushing this, not just to where it's going to end at WrestleMania. Like, after WrestleMania, like, the Bloodline's got some shit to work out. Like, I could see them, you know, splitting up Usos versus Roman and, and Solo, uh, Jay versus Roman. You know, there's there's programs built into there, um, not just rematches. Uh, we could have, like, the implosion of the Bloodline. And that sounds pretty fun. Yeah, I agree. Like, you're right. It can split off into its own thing. I also have Cody for a lot of those same rules. But I think the most important rule is there's usually they usually don't swerve you at WrestleMania. Like, if Roman won here, and this is the only time that you can say this, but this would be the only time that Roman Reigns has been in the match where if he wins, I think my jaw will be on the floor. I think I'll be like, I can't believe they didn't put Cody on, put, put Cody over. When, since Cody came back last WrestleMania, his whole thing has been this. Him getting injured was a, that was a blessing for them because he could go off and they could have this big comeback. It is Cody Rhodes' time to win the WWE Championship. That's how obvious it is to me. Tell me, does Jason have Roman? No. Okay, he's got Cody too? Yeah. Okay, good. Cody loses. <laughs> I, I mean, if Cody loses, then he wins at Backlash. Just, but don't. I just don't want him to pull that shit though. Like, you'd be punching the shit out of each other over Joey's. I tell you what, guys, kind of a stack card. Is it not? It's gonna be a great show. I already bought a bunch of chips and stuff, and then I'm worried <laughs> that my kids and my wife are gonna eat them. No, don't let them. You get the get the breakfast white castles. No, you gotta bury the chips in the yard. I swear to God, my wife just walked in because she thought we might be done, and she heard me say that, and then she just told me that they already started it on the munchies, and I'm really, really unhappy about this. Did you tell her that I was mourning? Did you tell her that if you still live in St. Louis, you have backup? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> tell your wife that your friend. And relative and co-podcaster is mourning the death of his friend and that I want you to eat those chips. And if she tells you to not eat the chips, she's going against my dead friend. Yeah, and when she fucking calls you an she's asshole. She's gonna think like, I'm making hey, that up. Hey, when she when she calls <laughs> and when she calls you an asshole after that, just tell her that Bo's here. They're like, yeah, but Bo's there too. He he said it's fucked up. She's gonna You're think good. I'm He's going to think I'm making it. We got you. This is banned from ringside. So I I had happy hour drinks with the guy who sings and composed the band from ringside music today. He was like, you guys are still doing it, huh? I was like, yeah, we just had uh, episode 300. He's like, you still use my music? I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm like, people hate it. <laughs> he's, he's like, well, I was trying to do like a, I was trying to do like an old man, like early aughts country stuff. Like I'm a common man. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, people hate it. Yeah, that's dumb. 
This it. is banned from ringside. <laughs> All right, so we got some birthdays this week. We got Mike Rotunda. You know who Mike Rotunda was? Barely. IRS. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess his son is, uh, I mean, I hope Bray's okay. But, uh, I mean, obviously not wrestling. One thing we didn't talk about, he's not wrestling Lashley at WrestleMania. So. No, it's like, it is pretty strange because, like, Bray Wyatt just kind of fell off and nobody mentioned it. Was like, I feel yeah. like he's just got to be like not well, like mentally or something. Like, because I know for a long time he he was struggling uh, because of Brody, and um, I, I don't know. Uh, just for them not to say anything or him to just fizzle out and go away, whatever. He's obviously such a huge part of the show, and then they're paying him all that money. It just seems seems kind of wild. Um, so yeah, I just hope he's okay. It's it's probably fucking tough working on the fry side. I mean, I hope he, I hope he's okay too. Like, just come back and wrestle, you know. Like, cuts. I, you know, I'm not just trying, be a wrestler. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm not trying to mess with anybody's mental health or anything. I'm just saying, like, he, can he wants he wants to reinvent wrestling or something. It's like. Okay, well, just do that slowly, like while you wrestle people. I want to yeah. see. I want to see you wrestle. I just want to hug him, be like, "It's not your fault." I want to see you <laughs> wrestle. Can you just wrestle? <laughs> Hopefully, he listens to this. Anyway, Mike Rotundo was uh, legit awesome um, as just a wrestler. Uh, no doubt, he had some fun gimmicks, but. Nope. Uh, Good wrestler. No doubt. Uh, Trent Beretta is 36. Hey, Zach, if I showed you the two best friends, do you think you could tell me which one was Trent Beretta? 100%. I know you could. Who's the other one? Chuck Taylor? Yes. Chuck Taylor. We saw him in, at the same show that we saw Jeff Cobb. I thought it was funny because he came in and he had his bag and stuff and he was like coming from the airport. And he, like, came because we were there with the podcast, and so, like, we were there a little bit early, and he was wearing Chuck Taylors, and I thought that that was pretty funny. Live the gimmick, dude. Randy Orton could be making a big return this weekend. Wouldn't that be fun? You think Riddle, you think Riddle comes back whenever he comes back? I don't know if Riddle comes back, but I do see, like, L.A. Knight being in a spot where he comes out and starts talking a whole bunch of shit, and somebody comes out and gives him a finisher. Like, either The Rock or... Orton. Or Orton or Austin. I mean, Orton's not at the legend says because he's still kind of active. I just don't think he's done. I think that his style lends itself to being able to work pretty old, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, he just had that back thing. But I, I think I think it's a safe bet. Yeah, um, he's LA Knight's out there to talk shit and get a finisher from a legend and i'd say it's probably a coin toss between orton and austin there's also there's also going to be a baron corbin thing because baron corbin has had a story yes. for the last few weeks where like people keep interrupting his interviews and he's like i should be on wrestlemania he's like i'm a money in the bank winner <laughs> it's like yeah but you lost um well, yeah i'm excited i'm excited for LA. i L.A. Knight's going to get a big spot here. I guess Elias did, too. Uh, Scorpio Sky is 40. Lance Storm is 54. 
Chelsea Green is 32. Diamond Dallas Page. Do you want to guess how old Diamond Dallas Page is? 62. Bo says 62. I'm going to go with 64. 67. Dang. The guy who didn't start wrestling until he was 35 or something. <laughs> like, 67. I mean, he looks pretty good. Yeah. Every Before time you that, see him, like, I would. Before that, he, like, managed strip <laughs> clubs, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can see that. Like the guy in Kill Bill 2 that talks to Michael Madsen. Oh, yeah. shit. And he's, like, crossing all the things off the calendar. <laughs> that's yep, like, that's, that's like, exactly that. That's like the guy I want to look like when I take my kids to their He's got the games. weird haircut. I want to be that dad that looks like that. <laughs> he's so... That's good and, shit. Oh. Uh, Charlotte is 37. Still win. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so I appreciate you listening to our podcast. Uh, for my boy, Jack Stevens, RIP, man. I love you to death. Uh, for Joey O'Farrell, for Tender Mahal, for Murray the Murray Man Murray, for Sam the Mahler Mall, for Vice, Bo Vice Geesman sitting across me on the ones, for Jason Cornelius Bell. We miss you. Did the Colonels win? No. They lost? Yeah. For two years, Zach Pullman, I am Bill Veggie. Yeah, and this is Band from Ringside. Never forget to boo the heels. Boo!